Alrighty, everyone, we're here. Happy Memorial Day. For those of you who are here at church, you are so much more holier than everyone who's gone. You know, I, re- I did a wedding last night in, in Troy, Idaho, which is far away. And uh, I tried to get someone to take this spot, but no one would. <laughs> so we drove here this morning. So I'm a little tired. So will you, will you bear with me a little bit? Yeah, I need some extra loud amens tonight. Some like, because I'm just a little tired. That's why I was trying to get transition a little longer. Just kidding. Just kidding. We're being obedient to the Lord. <laughs> uh, but hey, seriously, I, you guys, I am so excited for this summer. Um, from the bottom of my heart, like I could not be more excited for what I believe God is going to do in our church this summer. Like, I truly believe that, that he's going to do more in our lives than we could ever imagine, and that he is going to take us from one degree of glory to another. And, and honestly, though, I think it's going to look different for all of us, you know, because the truth is we're all in different seasons. Um, but what I do know is I do know that we will fall more in love with Jesus this summer. Like, and, and here's the thing. That is what the world needs right now. What the world needs right now more than anything is a church that loves Jesus, is a church that is utterly in love with God. Because when you're in love, the overflow of your life is joy. The overflow of your life is excitement. And you know, I was going to come up here and say I'm joking. We're preaching on politics all summer. <laughs> I'm joking. We're not. Hallelujah. Can I get an amen? No more. Come on. You know what? They were good sermons. Relax. <laughs> but, um, you know, the truth is this, this COVID season was hard, you know, and now we're kind of on our way out of it. Um, and it was hard, and there was a lot of things that I feel like the Lord um, exposed in the Bride of Christ uh, during that season. And I think one of them is that our joy is really easily shaken. You know, like, we were locked in our house from two weeks, didn't have church, and like, we, we lost some people, like, we still aren't back you know, easily shaken. And as we as a team have been praying into the summer, what I firmly believe that the Lord wants to do in us is that he wants us to fall so in love with him that we actually become upside down kingdom leaders. Because what, that's what the world needs. The world needs a church that is living in the upside down reality of the kingdom of God that values being poor in spirit and values meekness and values humility and values generosity and is so moved with the love of God, so moved with compassion that it doesn't matter if it feels like all of our power is taken away from us. We're still overflowing with joy. Amen? Like I'm really, really excited for this. But here's the deal. The only way that I believe we 
as a church and as people and as individuals will be able to become upside down kingdom leaders is if we learn how to wait on God. Like we have to learn to wait on him. We live in a world and a culture that says we get to do whatever we want whenever we want, that we are the rulers of our lives, that we are the ones who make our schedules, that we are the one that gets to make all the decisions, and we come to church and feel good about ourselves, and everything's great, but really in the kingdom of God, he is the leader. Like, he is the one going before. He is the one that informs everything. And we have to learn to wait. We have to learn to wait so that he gets to organize and structure every single part of our day and all of our being. Like, I truly, you guys, we need this. I read that, this is unbelievable, and I, I can't believe it's real, but it was in the New York Times. They had a research study that shows that goldfish have a longer attention span than human beings in this digital world. We're really bad at waiting. I mean, dude, I, I know, I don't know if it's real, but like it was there and I was like, I, you know, I think I'm more intelligent than a goldfish and can stay a little focused a little bit longer than a goldfish. But apparently a bunch of scientists figured out that no, we as humans actually have about the attention span of eight seconds. <laughs> We're not very good at waiting. We're not very good at going slow. We're not very good at it. This, we, we are inundated with so much information and so much stuff so quick that it's like we'll come to church and we pray and you can always feel it in like the 35 minute mark of worship, we start to lose our engagement. And then it's like, okay, we have to bring everyone back in. We have to learn to submit to God. All day, every day. This is what Jesus did when he was on earth. He waited upon his father. He emptied himself of his deity and walked as a human, fully submitted to his father because he did nothing but what he saw his father doing. He did nothing. He was, he was God, but he was human. He laid down all of his deity and he took on human likeness and lived a life waiting on God, waiting on his father's voice. And what did this look like? It looked like him withdrawing to the mountainside to pray, which is why we value prayer at this house. And it also looked like he was waiting on God in his ordinary every single day when he was walking down the street, he was able to sense the bleeding woman and allow healing to flow out from him. Because even his posture in the day-to-day -day was that of, I am waiting, yielded, submitted to the will of my Father. We have to learn how to do this. And waiting, you guys, I think it's a, I hate the word, because it sounds boring. Right? How many of you like waiting? No one likes waiting. But, but see... Waiting in the kingdom is not passive. It can look passive at times. 
but it is a very, very active mindset. And the best way that I would like to explain waiting is waiting is a mind and heart that says, I am willing to be led by the Spirit of God every moment of my day. Waiting on God says, okay, I'm going to wait, submit, I'm going to submit my mind, I'm going to submit my heart to the leadership of the Spirit of God so that he can lead me into kingdom reality, that he could lead me in upside-down kingdom leadership. Amen? Okay, that's a good word. Amen? I need help. I'm tired. My brain's not fully there, so you have to be patient with me. I'm trying to wait. But this is what happened with Peter. I'm going to tell Peter's story because apparently I'm like Peter. If any of you were here last week, emotionally unstable. (laughs) Don't you feel so safe? I seriously, he said so many nice things, and it was awesome. And then he goes, you know, Peter, the rock of the church, he wasn't the rock because he was emotionally stable. I'm like, George, you think they're going to trust me now? <laughs> but Peter, the, one of the last interactions he had with Jesus, this is in John chapter 21. And Jesus is coming to Peter, who is the rock of the church who was one of Jesus' closest friends, his best friend. And, and Jesus comes up to Peter, and, and this is after the scene where Jesus comes to him and says, Peter, do you love me? Peter, at this point, is riddled in shame. He's already gone back fishing. And he's riddled in shame, and Jesus comes to him and says, do you love me? Peter says, yes, then feed my sheep. Peter, do you love me? Yes, then feed my sheep. Then Jesus asked him again to confront the reality that Peter had denied him three times. He says, Peter, do you love me? And he says, yes, then feed my sheep. And then Jesus looks at Peter, and he says this to him. Truly, truly, I say to you, When you were young, you used to dress yourself and walk wherever you wanted. But when you are old, you will stretch out your hands and another will dress you and carry you where you do not want to go. And after saying this to him, he said, follow me. What is Jesus doing here? Jesus is looking at Peter and he is saying, Peter, When you were young, you got to do whatever you want. You got to dress yourself. You got to put yourself on. But but now, now that I'm going to be with the Father, I have just built you up to be the leader of the early church, to be the rock of the early church. And I want you to know that you don't have freedom. You will be clothed. And someone will lead you where you do not want to go. What is Jesus confronting here? Jesus is confronting the reality of what we perceive of, world, of what is worldly leadership. Worldly leadership is, 
I'm going to work hard my whole life so that when I get older, I can make all the decisions, do whatever I want. I want to be the CEO. I want to be the boss. Peter knows he's about to be the boss of the early church. And he says, wait, 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 Peter, no, no, no. You're actually invited into your death because kingdom leadership looks like allowing yourself to be led to the places that you don't want to go in your human flesh. Going to the depths, becoming poor in spirit, becoming humble. Because Peter still at this point, I get, Peter is looking at the resurrected Jesus and still thinks that Jesus is going to come overthrow Rome. And he says, no, no, no. You now, my boy, are entered into kingdom leadership and you have to allow the spirit of God to lead you where you do not want to go in your flesh because in your flesh, you're going to want to take control. You're going to want to fight back. But now I'm calling you to pick up your cross daily and I'm asking you to allow the spirit of God to lead you into humility, into submission, into gentleness. That is what leadership looks like in the kingdom of God. Amen. Henry Nouwen, in the book, In the Name of Jesus, says, the world says when you were young, you were dependent and could not go where you wanted, but when you grow old, you will be able to make your own decisions, go your own way, and control your own destiny. But Jesus has a different vision of maturity. It is the ability and willingness to be led where you would rather not go. I'm going to actually read more of it because this is really good. Is that okay? Immediately after Peter had been commissioned to be a leader of his sheep, Jesus confronts him with the hard truth that the servant leader who is being led to unknown, undesirable, and painful places. The way of the Christian leader is not the way of upward mobility in which our world has invested so much but the way of downward mobility ending on the cross. This might sound morbid, but for those who have heard the voice of their first love and said yes to it, the downward moving of Jesus is the way to the joy and the peace of God, a joy and a peace that is not of this world. And... Um, as Jordan preached last week, we are in a transitional season as a church. We're in a transitional season where, where new voices are going to be heard more often from the pulpit. And, and it's really this invitation to become, uh, uh, this invitation where different reflections of leadership are going to take place. And as I've been praying into this season of River House, what I truly feel from the Lord is that the invitation is not just for the leaders and the people who are going to be on the pulpit and the revival group leaders and the worship leaders. Like the invitation of this next season is that each and every one of us in this family and in this house would say yes to becoming a kingdom leader. Because the truth is, that is what the world needs and that is what we need as a church. 
We don't need a bunch of leaders on stage that can preach and a bunch of worship leaders that, that can sing great songs. Like that is not what's going to bring, bring revival to Boise. What is going to bring revival to Boise is a community of people who so choose to posture themselves in humility, who say, I am letting go of control of my life. And I am saying, yes, Spirit of God, lead me to where I don't want to go. In my flesh, I want control. Because when I have control, it's easy to not love. When I, when I have control, I can just say, well, I'm the boss. But, but God is inviting us into a greater yieldedness to where we say our money is not our own. My life is not our own. Where we don't seek out power and control any longer. And we seek his face and say, God, convict me. Rid me of everything selfish that I want to become poor in spirit. They will inherit the kingdom. The poor, the needy, the broken. If we read the Bible, Jesus is talking about the kingdom of God over and over and over and over and over again. And the kingdom of God is for the meek, the humble, the poor in spirit, the blind, the needy, the hurting, the lost. And we ask ourselves continuously, how are we going to see heaven on earth? It's not by us as leaders just looking like every other leader there is. It's a different way. It's a third way. It's the way of the kingdom where powerful people choose to let go like Peter did and say, I will go to the death wherever you want me to go. It is no longer I who am in control of my life, but I submit to the leadership of the Holy Spirit onto the journey of humility. And I just, like, so all of our sermons, everything, if, if we don't develop kingdom leadership within us, if we all don't take on the serious invitation that the Lord is leading us into, I don't know if we'll see revival, but I can promise you, God says that his kingdom is for those who are humble and poor in spirit. And so if we want to see the kingdom of God here, that's what we need to do as a community. We need to become humble. We need to go low. We need to get slow. And we need to wait. And not rush. And not move so quickly and be tossed to and fro. And allow God to love us back to life where we say it is such a joy, God, to be led to the places I don't want to go. Because that's where we actually get to find who we are. Amen. And as we go on this journey this summer, one of the things that I know we will begin to experience as a community is we will begin to experience some of the promises of God. We will. We will begin to see some of the promises of God unfold in this community. Because all of the promises that are over each and every one of our lives exist within the reality of the kingdom of God. 
Jesus invites us and talks. He talks more about the kingdom of God than anything else in scripture. Nowhere in the Bible do you see Jesus say, fight for the promises of God on your life. Nowhere in the Bible do you see Jesus say, fight for the gift of healing. Fight that you'd be a preacher. Fight that you'd be a revival group leader. Fight. Like, those aren't bad things. It is good to have faith. Don't hear what I'm not saying. But what Jesus does talk about is the humble and the poor in spirit, that theirs is the kingdom of God. And within the kingdom of God is healing. Within the kingdom of God is life. Within the kingdom of God is wealth. Within his kingdom. So you guys, I would like to propose a question and I've been confronted with this myself recently. Are we fighting for the promises on our life for our own gain of power and control? When really the invitation of Jesus is to become humble and all of these things will be added to you. Does that make sense? It's convicting. And I've been thinking about my own life. I was talking to Pastor Johnny this week. And one of the things that I've had prophesied over my life so many times is that I would see the healing, miracle grace of God on my life. It's been prophesied over me so many times and I embrace it and I have fought and I have prayed for healing and I have contended and I have, I have fought for that promise on my life over and over and over again. And there have been moments in my life where I've seen it, but I have not seen it to the degree that, that I want to at all. And this week I was confronted with someone very, very, very serious to my life, in my life, almost lost their, their, their life to COVID. Thank God they didn't. And, and I, I just got so angry when I heard this person was sick because I've been praying and fighting and contending for so long for the gift of healing. And, and after, and I was just mad and angry because I'm like, God, I haven't seen it. Like, I haven't seen it. I haven't seen the miracles. I haven't seen the healing. I saw it in India when I was there, and that was awesome, but my dad died, and, and I have friends sick, and I, I know people who have cancer, and it's like, what do I do here? And he goes, I want you to look at your life and look at where you've seen me work. And I started looking at my finances and my career and, and my job and all these areas, and every single place that I have experienced fruitfulness in my life is a place that I know and I can be confident and stand here and say, I've submitted it to the kingdom and leadership of God. And so he says, search, AJ, search, search my heart, search your own heart. Why do you want the gift of healing so bad? Why do you want this position? Would you be okay if that never happened? You know, and I, it was confronting. And I feel like the Lord is inviting us into, he's saying, look, 
Contend for the promises of God on your life, but do not prioritize them above submitting to the leadership of God and embracing the kingdom of God. Because how do you not know that within the kingdom of God is everything that your heart ever has longed for? Every promise of your life is in his kingdom. And his scripture, the word of God, is filled with ways to inherit the kingdom of God. And so I, I have, Pastor Bill Johnson says whenever he sees somebody that's not healed, he will never say it's God's fault. It's always ours. Right? And so let's this summer, as we go on this journey, let's not be so consumed with the promises. Although I promise you, as we embrace kingdom leadership, as we embrace going low, we will see heaven come. Like, we will see miracles here. We will see promises unfold. I promise you, because they're in his kingdom. So if we posture our hearts that way, heaven will come. I actually have the belief that heaven is here and we are just searching for it. Amen? Okay. This is hard. I'm trying to think if I should preach this next week. This has been my, on my heart for a while. This is my pastor shepherd heart. Um, so, as we, as we experience promises, when you experience promise in your life, what usually follows promise is influence. As you grow in promise, you will also usually grow in influence. Does that make sense? And what I have seen, I wasn't going to be this blunt, but I am. As I've seen people within this community um, grow in influence, grow in promise, they have grown in influence, and it's been so awesome and powerful. But I will say, when we have a worldly perspective of leadership, and we watch leaders begin to walk in promise, when we see it through the lens of worldly leadership, like, oh, Everyone on stage are the powerful ones, the ones in control, or all the revival group leaders are the powerful ones. Those are the powerful ones that have the control. And when we see it through the lens of worldly leadership rather than kingdom leadership, what will happen is it will create an environment of toxic comparison and insecurity. And what will happen is there will be two groups of people in this church. There will be a group of leaders and a group of people that feel like others. And that's not healthy. And this is really common in a lot of churches. How many of you have seen this in church before? Right? But when we have and see it through the lens of the kingdom leadership what we see is God's promise coming over somebody's life. So we rejoice and are glad. And just realize I'm in a desert season and they're not. And here's the deal. Not everyone in this church will be a leader in this church. 
nor do we want everyone in this church to be a leader in this church. There are only so many spots. What we need is a group of people that embody kingdom leadership, regardless of if you have a church label or not. That's what we need. You are not qualified in the kingdom if you have pastor or revival group leader in front of your name. You are qualified in the kingdom because he chose you. And here's the deal. For those of you in this community, if you have identified as feeling as like an other, what I would tell you is that if you could actually just get yourself out of comparison and realize you're exactly at the spot where the disciples were when Jesus chose them. Jesus chose the nameless, faceless, labelless fishermen, tax collectors, complete and utter nobodies. And I would say you might be closer to kingdom leadership than you even know or could imagine. But the enemy wants to come in and try and steal, kill, and destroy and create comparison within our body to create disunity. And that's not okay. We have to ruthlessly oppose insecurity and comparison because we do not have leaders in others. We are a family. That is what we are. We are a family that, want to see, that wants to see Boise as it is in heaven. That's the desire of this house. That is the vision of this house. And so if you feel like, an, look, there are things, leadership, and I'm the first to admit, we can do better to make it not feel that way. I promise you, we talk about it and there are things we can do. But you know what? Let's get out of comparison. Let's not allow insecurity to take place in our heart. And let's realize we're actually in a position where I'm nameless. I'm faceless. I don't have a title or a position. Wait, Jesus is calling me. I am Peter. A fisherman, right? Not me, but like that's who you are. You are Peter. You are James. You are Matthew, the tax collector. That's the season you're in, and that's okay. The kingdom of God is at hand. And it's, I bet you it's easier for you to learn to walk in humility than someone who's experienced promise. Because the temptation that comes when you start to experience promise is we're really quick to forget how we got there. And so if you're experiencing promise, your first heart posture is, okay, I'm getting low and remembering how I got here. The grace and mercy of Jesus got me here. That is how I got here. Amen? I preach a 50-minute sermon in 30 minutes. Let's go. I desire... I, we as a staff and as leaders and a board, we so long for there to be unity within this house. I don't want one person in here to feel like an other. We are a family. And so let's all of us this summer get out of our comfort zones. If you're stuck in comparison, the best thing you can do is to just come to somebody that you're comparing yourself to and repent. 
change your thinking. If you're a leader within this house and all you hang out with is leaders, that's not helping. And so, because the way of the kingdom is low, it's going to the places that you rather not go. That's a trip. But it's within that reality all of our promises live. Peter still thought that Rome was going to be, del- that Israel was going to be delivered from Rome. And he never experienced that. But what he did experience is people healed in his shadow. And he was the rock of the greatest movement that has ever created. Because he was led to places that he didn't want to go. And so let's take on that heart heart posture this summer. Amen. All right, will you stand? Jesus, we just, we say thank you so much, God, for creating a way that is so much different than we could have ever, ever imagined. What kind of God are you that says the kingdom of heaven is for the poor and for the needy and for the meek and for the merciful? Like your ways, God, are so much higher than our ways and your thoughts are so much greater than our thoughts and, and we just come and we repent for having control of our own lives. And we just say we want somebody else to clothe us. And that we want to be led to places that in our flesh we aren't willing to go. I ask you, Holy Spirit, that you would lead us. Lead us. Make us servant leaders. Make us the most generous people that you've ever that you that you've ever seen, God. We live to please you. We want to seek first your kingdom, not seek first the promises over our life. Yeah. Do what only you can do this summer, God. Would you help us as we transition in this season? And, and I just pray that we would all embody kingdom leadership, that we would all say yes to the invitation of walking in the upside-down kingdom of God. <laughs> May we go to the places we don't want to go, overflowing and abounding with joy. Wow. In Jesus' name, amen. I'm going to invite the ministry team forward. And uh, really, the space is is open um, for anyone. If you need healing in your body, I encourage you to come up and and get prayer for healing. If you 
um, have been struggling with comparison or if you're a leader and struggling, if you need any kind of prayer, we have people who want to pray for you. If you need to give your life to Jesus and you are one of the people in transition um, that is struggling with addiction and you want somebody to pray for you and you want to accept Jesus as your personal savior, I want you to come up and get prayer from some of these guys and because Jesus is waiting. He wants you. So if you're ready to give your life to him today, come on up here and just be blessed and we will see you next week. We love you and let's embrace kingdom leadership this week. Amen? Amen.